before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. up everybody welcome into lockdown tigers i'm your host chris castellani thanks for tuning in it is monday january 11th 2021 i screwed up again on the last podcast i said 2020 it's early in january i think for like a month you got to give me a little bit of leeway i'm still getting used to uh the new year especially because 2020 felt like it lasted about seven years so definitely kind of a, a an adjustment period but we are here in 2021 and you know what we have a lot to talk about today in fact we have so much to talk about some of the things i probably won't be able to to get to. There's there's many things that we can choose from, and I had kind of a structure of what I wanted to talk about, and then right before I was about to record this podcast, which I'm recording right now on Sunday afternoon, a, a news a piece just broke by Tony Paul of the Detroit News, friend of the program, in question marks. I, I know he's, he's spoken highly or has been very complimentary of my videos, and so somebody who does that, I consider him a friend. I think he's one of the best journalists in in the state. A guy of uh, great integrity. I, I think uh, he does. He's so great at what he does. And and Tony Paul's got uh, a big set of journalistic balls. He really does. I mean, he's he's not afraid to kind of uh, dive into the weeds. And uh, this is another one of those examples. The story I'm talking about is that he just posted a piece on the Detroit News website that said Tigers pitchers, including Justin Verlander, accused of doctoring baseballs for quote years. Where this comes from is that. Brian Brian Harkins, who is a former Los Angeles Angels staffer, wrote in a declaration as part of his lawsuit against the Angels and Major League Baseball. He wrote about how he was responsible for kind of supplying a, a bunch of high, you know, big-time pitchers, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, with sticky substance like pine tar. I don't know if it's exactly pine tar that they, you know, use to get a better grip on baseballs and thus most likely pitch better. People are really up in arms about this, and and I think part of the reason why people are up in arms about it is because of the fact that we are still we we are living in a post Astros trash can era, and you kind of get the equivalent of like I don't know maybe copycat crimes where it's like anything that may potentially damage or or, or be you know could feature cheating in some sort of capacity, people are going to jump on. Now I do think this is it's a legitimate story and it's well written. I'm not going to read off the whole thing here, obviously, but I do recommend people. People go check it out and, and kind of make make their own judgment here. Here's how I feel about it. As somebody who is not, you know, I'm not in any clubhouse. I never have been. I don't claim to be some inside source, but I, I have some people that I've been able to talk to who have kind of given me some information. And based on what I've heard from fans, from journalists, and even from a few former players, I'm not going to say who they are, but this story to me 
is reminiscent of what Deflategate was for the NFL. I guess for people who may not remember, I don't know, maybe you've been living under a rock, or maybe you just don't follow the NFL. About six years ago, there was that story that came out that the Patriots had been intentionally deflating footballs and used that to their advantage. Tom Brady, you know, allegedly still uh, believed that, you know, he threw the ball better, could get a better grip on the ball if the ball was smaller. In my opinion, to this day, still say a ridiculous non-story that lasted the better part of two seasons ultimately led to Tom Brady getting getting suspended for four games. And guess what? It had no impact on the NFL. The Patriots still went on to win two more Super Bowls after that. It was it was an insane story. With that said, probably deflating football is obviously against the rules, and that's kind of how I feel about this. It is widely known, and I am not some genius for saying this, it is factual that Pitchers use pine tar and foreign substances to get a better grip on the baseball. That is not me making something up. That is objective truth. And videos come out every year. There was a big one that blew up over the summer where Garrett Cole's fingers were sticking to his hat. Yeah, of course. Yes, absolutely. Every big-time pitcher, almost every pitcher in some capacity, uses some sort of foreign substance to get a better grip on the baseball when they pitch. This has been going on for years, for decades. Hell, go back to 2006. Kenny Rogers in the postseason for the Tigers, he was dealing. There were pieces written in in the New York media about how he had been using some sort of pine pine tar, some sort of some sort of sticky substance in the World Series. Got caught using it. Went to the the clubhouse, washed his hands, came back, still threw eight scoreless innings. This is nothing new. But like I said, living in this post-Houston Astros cheating scandal world, I think this may end up being a story that a lot of people are going to blow out of proportion. Personally, it does not change at all how I feel about Cole, how I feel about Verlander, how I feel about Scherzer. There is one element of this where I do say, okay, and maybe this could tarnish somebody's legacy a little bit, and that's that this is... The second time now, and again, I don't view this as a big story, but many people will view this as the second time in which Justin Verlander, who for well over a decade was one of the biggest anti-cheating players in all of baseball, he would rip guys for getting busted for PEDs, he would rip guys for getting busted for a lot of things. Some of that stuff justified, like there was a a video of a minor leaguer just uh, beating up his girlfriend and he went off on it, as any person should do, and I, I, I have in the past given him a lot of credit for doing so, but... This is now the second time where he's kind of gotten caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Now, of course, the Astro stuff did not necessarily have to do with him. He was not banging trash cans. He was not batting. All he did was pitch, pitching in the American League that year. But it doesn't do him any favors. It doesn't change how I feel about him. Justin Verlander is the stud of all studs and forever will be. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time, in my opinion, and will and should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But it is, yeah, it is worth noting that for a guy who has been so outspoken against people cheating in baseball, uh, he's kind of maybe gone out of his way in the past to get a bit of a slight advantage. Again, I have I don't see any issue with it. I know a lot of people will. A lot of people are very stern about this stuff and serious about how there needs to be no cheating in baseball. There can absolutely be nothing. Even if a guy is is using pine tar or some sort of sticky substance when they pitch, uh, they should be suspended. They should be fined, whatever. There's been cheating in baseball forever. I mean, the Black Sox cheating scandal maybe was like the first time that people realized that you could cheat or throw a game in baseball, and it's been going on forever. Steroids, sign-stealing, Baseball is a sport of creativity, and unfortunately, very often, a lot of times, people view creativity as cheating. And it's sad, but in this instance, I 
I, I don't view this as something that should tarnish any particular player's legacy. Now, because we are post-Astros cheating scandal, this may end up being something that gets blown way out of proportion. I could see that happening, but as far as I'm concerned, it was something I felt a need to talk about because it came from a local writer in Tony Paul. There are several former Tigers mentioned in the article, but me personally, does nothing for me. doesn't change how I feel about uh, any of these players. But I did feel a need to talk about it, and that will do it for segment number one when I come back. Gonna bring bring the mood down a little bit and talk about what happened on Friday with the unfortunate passing of one of the great baseball managers of all time, Tommy Lasorda. We'll be right back. You guys see those playoff games this weekend? Boy, oh boy. That was crazy, man. Some awesome, awesome games in the NFL. We are officially down to eight teams, and there is only one place that has you covered if you are betting on these games, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The improved Bill Bar is even more deliciouser. We have 18... Amazing flavors, six new flavors, including the 12 original flavors that we already had. And Built Bars are healthy, too. It's great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I know it's New Year's. People have those New Year's resolutions. They want to start hitting the gym. Go ahead and do that, but it's all about eating healthy, too. And you can do that by having a Built Bar. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 2020 is immersively over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NFL locks all winter long. We got one college football game left as well, the national championship game, which happens tonight. Listen to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody, for segment number two. News broke on Friday. Some rather tragic news broke on Friday, and that's that Tommy Lasorda, former manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, passed away at age 93. You know, it is sad whenever anybody dies, but this is one of those instances where you you view death as almost a celebration because of how amazing of a life they lived. You know, fame is not... Everything, obviously, and and many people who have become famous have have said that, but I was thinking, I don't think there's a more famous baseball manager ever. Tommy Lasorda was baseball. He was the Los Angeles Dodgers. And and making a Tigers connection here, I, I didn't know this. Al Avila is his godson. I did not know that. Evan Woodbury reported on that. I had no idea. So he does have somewhat of a Tigers connection, you know, he was a bit before my time when he managed, but, you know, you know the history, I mean, there's, there's YouTube compilations of, of Tommy Lasorda doing funny things, you know, the, the, maybe the most famous, iconic baseball moment of all time, Kirk Gibson's pinch hit home run in game one of the World Series against the A's off of Dennis Eckersley, and you saw uh, Lasorda, you know, jumping up and down, coming out of the dugout, I mean, an iconic, iconic moment, but, you know, in the, the little bit that I do know about him, it is very clear that this was a guy who made baseball 
more fun. And this is something that we talk about all the time nowadays, how there's that pushback against bat flips and showing your personality and having fun in baseball in a kid's game, which I find so ridiculous. Guys like Tim Anderson and Javi Baez or Jose Batista back in 2015, they get ridiculed for you know having that kind of fun and showing their personality and laughing on the field. You got Francisco Lindor, another one like that as well. And people seem to believe that that is like a new age thing. It's not. Players and managers have been doing that forever. And Tommy Lasorda was a prime example of that. The guy had an amazing, amazing personality. He lived an incredible life. He was really funny. I mean, Conan O'Brien on his, on their YouTube page posted a clip of Lasorda being interviewed. I believe it was in the 90s. I was laughing hard. The guy really had a very good personality. He had a quick wit to him. He was a great interview, but even more so, look, the guy was incredibly successful as a manager. He won a ton of games. He won two World Series two-time National League Manager of the Year. He won it in 1983 and in 1988 when the Dodgers won the World Series with Hershiser and Gibby. And of course, his number, his jersey number, his number two is retired by the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is a pretty amazing thing. I mean, it is rare that a manager gets their number retired. I know Sparky Anderson had his retired by the Tigers, but Lasorda had his retired by the Dodgers, one of the most storied franchises really in all of sports, but especially in baseball. Whenever somebody passes away, people talk about legacy and and what they left behind. And I I didn't know him personally, so I can't speak on the personal legacy he might have left behind. But when you are part of Major League Baseball, when you're part of baseball at all, and you become an ambassador for the game the way he did, and he Tommy Lasorda was a guy who made the sport better than it was when he became a part of it. Baseball was better after experiencing the run that Tommy Lasorda was on, both as a player, but especially as a manager. And and I, I say that, like, whenever a player retires, that's what I always say, is like, did you leave the sport in a better place than where it was at when you came into the league? And if the answer's let, yes, then that's, that's a hell of a legacy. And that's how I feel about Tommy Lasorda, a guy with a remarkable personality, remarkable success. Yeah, he was, he was a cocky guy, but he backed it up with some really good teams, made smart decisions managerially. Uh, the term legend doesn't do it justice. And, and what was amazing, too, and this will be the last point I made, I'll make, but his staying power. He retired from baseball a long time ago. I believe it was in the late 90s he, he called it quits. And yet his legacy stayed strong. And that's what I talk about even when I bring up the fact that he is the most famous baseball manager of all time. It's really incredible that a guy leaves the game and yet his legacy as a manager like maintains throughout like further generations. Like Jim Leland, God bless him, I love the guy, but 10 years from now, the people who grew up in the the early 2000s or in the 2010s, well won't won't know much about Jim Leland because he's chosen to kind of, you know, go fade fade away and and, and do his own thing whereas Lasorda remained in the public eye. It seemed like he enjoyed being an ambassador for the game and there were very few that uh, were better in terms of being an ambassador for the Dodgers and being an ambassador for Major League Baseball so rest in peace to Tommy Lasorda what an incredible incredible life he lived so that will do it for today's show 
On Wednesday, there is some more stuff that I do want to cover. And so if you're wondering, why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you talk about this? I will talk about it this week. Al Avila last week made some comments regarding where he believes Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green will start the season in the minor leagues. And Kyle Schwarber signed with the Washington Nationals. I do want to cover that because it was another player that I really hoped the Tigers were going to make a run at. And when you look at who signed him and and how much money they signed him for, it only makes you more frustrated. So all that will be covered on Wednesday's podcast, unless, of course, some more news breaks. In that case, we'll just have to kind of go on the fly. But I appreciate you tuning in today. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014 at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find the links to my YouTube page. And you can follow this show on Twitter as well at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star New Year's review of this show that I would really appreciate that. I got a few new ones recently, five stars. It really does mean a lot because I, I like what we're doing here. I think with each passing week, I think this podcast is getting better. And there was, because there was a minute there where, you know, my heart was always in it, but sometimes my head wasn't. And there are reasons for that. I'm not going to go into all that now, but I'm proud of what we're doing, and I'd appreciate you leaving a positive review. Lastly, I kind of, you know, crossing uh, streams here, my, my other podcast network that I'm a part of, mazenbrew.com, we just did an interview with former Michigan basketball player Stu Douglas. We did that on the Hoops on the hoops Pod. By the time you're listening to this, that interview will probably be up. It is one of the top three favorite things I have ever done since I started making content. This was a really cool thing for me. I mean, Stu Douglas played when I was in, I think when I was in seventh grade was his first year, and when I was a sophomore in high school was his last year. So those were formative years, and if you would have told 15-year-old me that I was going to get a chance to talk to Stu Douglas, I he would have been pretty excited. This was one of the coolest things I've done, and I, I would appreciate if you would go out and listen to that. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. I will be right back here on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.